0: bullshit. Let's pretend for a moment we've entered a parallel universe free of bullshit and full of bold solutions. That's what No Bullshit Marketing is all about. I'm your host Dave Mastovich and let's cut the bullshit. Today we're going to do something a little bit different instead of just immediately going right into my cut the bullshit rant. We are celebrating our two-month anniversary of the podcast We've had some excellent guests. Just the whole array of them have been really fantastic as far as the tips they're providing our listeners, the insights they're giving to their career, how they got to where they are, their thoughts on their big idea, the significance of messaging as part of their leadership styles. It's been really successful from that standpoint. Our listeners have told us that they're gaining valuable information, which is the whole goal. It's also been a great opportunity to hear leaders talk about the bullshit they've noticed in the workplace and how they've worked through it to achieve goals for their organizations. But where it turns into a cut-the-bullshit rant for me is my hope is that some of our guests, our potential guests, become less concerned and nervous about the title of the show. And it's not even the word bullshit. It's actually the word marketing. Marketing. The show is no bullshit marketing because we're a marketing firm and a lot of what we do is providing bold solutions without the BS for our clients. But we're certainly more than marketing because we work on leadership and communications and management and processes. While all of those are a part of marketing and marketing is a part of all of those, The title can't be No Bullshit Marketing, Processes, Communications, Leadership, Management, because then the title would be bullshit. So my hope is that when we talk to future prospective guests that they realize that if you're a leader and you're impacting positive change and you're living a mission of your organization, then you're a potential quality guest of the No Bullshit show because the show is about leadership and how communications and messaging play a big role in leadership. The show is also about calling out bullshit for what it is. And bullshit can be in your, in companies' messaging. It can be in their internal and external communication. It could be their mission statement. It could be how they lead. It could be their processes. It could be their customer service. So we're here to talk about that, to call that out, and help our listeners with ideas, tips and tools of how they too can avoid that and they too can cut the bullshit. So on our two month anniversary of the No Bullshit Marketing Podcast, I wanted to make sure I talked about how guests should not be concerned about how much marketing they've done, how big their advertising budget is or was, whether they have been a writer or been on radio shows, It's about what type of leader are they. It's about how they communicate to their peers, their subordinates, their team, their external stakeholders. It's about cutting the bullshit. As part of this special two-month anniversary show, I want to take some of the highlights of the first couple of months from each of our segments. The show moves from the Cut the Bullshit rant to the That's BS segment, and we ask the guests to tell us... ...about some bullshit in the workplace that they've seen at some point in their career. We then follow that up with your biggest learning experience where they talk about when maybe they were a bs'er, what they learned from it, and how they changed. One of our guests was incredibly efficient, and that's John Poutier, the president of the Greater Pittsburgh Automobile Dealers Association, because his answer combined both of those segments... Take it away, John.
1: Well, I was a difficult employee, especially when I was in the corporate world early on. Plus, when you're young, you really don't know what you don't know, uh, and everybody thinks they're better than they are when they're starting out, and I was a difficult employee. But when I look backwards, I also had a lot to offer. And in the second book, Weirdos in the Workplace, I talk about Creative high-performing individuals can be difficult to manage because they don't want to be managed and they don't have to be managed if you hired the right person let them go give them the goal don't tell them how to get there as long as it's not illegal immoral or unethical and I was I was very difficult I've tested the limits many times. Uh, I remember we used to have a weekly report, what I accomplished this week, a monthly report, what I accomplished this month, a quarterly report, and an annual report. And all you're doing is writing the same damn thing four times, six times, eight times. So one time, and I knew nobody was reading it, so I just made a a, a mockery of it. I said, if you're reading this, good for you, but you already read it last week and, and tested it and nothing happened. And then my boss did read it, and he called me in. He said, what did you do this for? I said, well, did anybody read it? He goes, I did. I said, anybody else? And he said, well, I haven't heard anything. I said, I made my point. They're stupid. They're a waste of my time. They're a waste of productivity. Nobody's reading them. I don't have a problem with a report, but why do it weekly, monthly, quarterly, annually? And then they got rid of the, the weekly reports, and then they got rid of me.
0: Unfortunately, most people don't live by a true definition of marketing. A real marketer starts off with clearly defining their target markets and then spends the time finding out what they want by asking them. Sounds simple, but you have to do the marketing intel to find out what they want. And then after you have that feedback, come back and tweak your product accordingly if necessary so you can develop it if you don't already have it and give it to them when and where they want it at a price they're willing to pay, and then tell them about it again and again. Unfortunately, most people get hung up on that last part, the telling, that's the cool, exciting stuff. You get to produce an ad, you do some branding, build a website, do social media. But first, you have to do the heavy lifting of marketing. Do the necessary marketing intel to clearly define your target markets, find out what they want, develop it if you don't already have it or tweak it, give it to them when and where they want it at a price they're willing to pay, and then that fun part of telling them about it will lead to marketing success. On our show, we've had a number of people talk about how they live that definition of marketing. One great example of that is the president and CEO of Deep Well Services, a Marcellus Shell company located here in Pittsburgh, Mark Marmo.
2: I um, I thought I, honestly I thought marketing was nothing but advertising on a billboard. Um, I was totally you know uneducated in the whole what what marketing is, understanding your customers in that market, what drives that market, what needs to be done to attract um, to to get your name out there, your brand identity both internally and externally. Uh, that's really you know. I think the start of the biggest success and really the results of that, uh, we're in a down market. As I said, commodity prices are way down. Most of our competition's down 20%, 30% from last year. Uh, each quarter goes by. They're down. They're in the negatives, on, even on earnings. Uh, Deepwell Services, a little company uh, as it is, is through seven months, is up 57% revenue-wise and 63% profit-wise. And really the, the big success there, mm-hmm. along with our crews, our, our equipment, is, has been really our marketing, uh, our marketing plan, our go-to-market strategy, mm-hmm. and getting the name out there, uh, people noticing us. We get calls from all over the place now because of articles that companies see on us or uh, they see... Newspaper or stuff on LinkedIn. It's just, it's been that whole process that we started about a little over what a year and a half ago with Mass Solutions has been, um, has been our biggest success to date.
0: No bullshit marketing. I'm your host, Dave Mastovich. This is our special two month anniversary of the show. We're walking through each segment and providing you highlights. And where we would move on to now on the show would be. After the definition of marketing and their example, we ask them to think back to their most amazing moment in their experience with marketing, messaging, or communications. We ask, what's your biggest marketing or messaging success? First, let's hear from Jerry Zahorchak, the former Pennsylvania State Secretary of Education under Governor Rendell.
3: Superintendents will understand exactly what I'm talking about. Teachers may have some familiarity and anybody outside those circles will probably be uh, a a bit uh, confused or behind the eight ball in this conversation. But when we built something called Act 45, it's also known as Pennsylvania Inspired Leadership Policy, we took time from conceptual idea that leadership development has to be different in our space. The support and the expectations we have for continuous education, continuous development, has to be better defined. So we gathered a group of uh, a people from all kinds of uh, interest groups. So from school boards to uh, the teachers association to the principals association, the superintendents association, higher education uh, who have the responsibility oftentimes, uh, the intermediate units. So we gathered a large group of uh, rather diverse interest in the same topic, school leadership, And how we could change what what was previous was something that we said was you show up and you have to continue your education and have so many credits or hours. And it, it was more or less showing up, signing your name, and getting the hours. We thought we can do better than that. We can target certain topics. We can make sure that people go deep. We can make them bring back product that they actually apply what they learn. And we can change the dynamics. Well, we had a really great success. One, we greased all the skids, so when the legislature begins to act on whether or not they're going to accept the proposal from the Department of Education for a change in legislation requiring principals and superintendents to behave differently with continuing education, all the skids were greased because we took about a year with those interest leaders and everybody's hat uh, was uh, present and everyone's ideas and, you know, Arguments were made, and when we came to it, not everyone, no one had everything they thought they wanted, but they participated, and that kind of participation with the marketing process made it easy when we did finally land at the legislature to get something that now will be sustained for a long time, because the process was more of a quality process than it was uh, a dictatorial one.
0: Let's hear from Chip Minnemeier, the editor of the Tribune Democrat newspaper, and website in Johnstown, Pennsylvania.
4: Yeah, wow. Well, think back. I mean, I, you know, I'm, I'm going to talk about hockeyville because it's relatively recent, and I'm getting old, and I don't really think back all that well. It just happened, and uh, you know, that was one of those things that the, a community really kind of came together and got engaged in a process for a positive outcome. And I think the you know the Tribune played a key role in just kind of keeping the message out there, keeping reminding people. This is this matters. Let's do this together. You know, let's let's find a way to get there. And, you know, I know when I when I saw this contest come out and it was to find the most passionate hockey town in America. And it was January or late January, I think, of, of this year. And I thought, and I even posted on Facebook, if there's ever a contest made for Johnstown, this is it. You know, when you're talking about passionate hockey communities and, you know, communities that rally around something like this, we still had to do it. We still had to have a plan, and there were some people who you know, put together a marketing idea and, you know, roadmap to get us where it was going to be, and reminded everybody this is a marathon, not a sprint. Mm-hmm. You got to be in for the long haul, mm-hmm. and all those kind of cliche phrases, but it was true. You know, it wasn't something that happened overnight. It was an essay portion for several months. There were then voting for three weeks online with text messaging, with you know an 800 number you could call, and you had to keep hammering that all the time. What we try to do is keep it front of mind for people. Hey, don't relax. We still got another couple of days of voting. We put it in the, the masthead of the front page of the paper. We put something on the front page kind of continuously and tried to write as many stories as we could. My mission, and I told my people this, we're not going to get to this end of this road and wish we'd fired one more gun, one more bullet. You know, we're going to shoot them all. Right. And if we, if we make it, hallelujah. If we fail, then we know we didn't fail because we didn't try. You know, it was going to yes. be that kind of a thing. And, uh, you know, the community responded in a lot of different ways. It was, it was neat to see. What's the big
0: idea? Yes, that's a segment on the No Bullshit Marketing Show. I talk a lot about asking that question, what's the big idea? Because when it comes to messaging, we have to understand both our why, or reason for being, and our customer's why, or reason for buying. We then need to crystallize that into one big idea, one memorable message or theme that makes an emotional impact on our target audiences. As we listened back for the past two months of the new show, I found that Tony Lombardi, former president and CEO of Monville Health Resources, and an early mentor of mine, had a great example of answering the question, what's the big idea? So when you mentioned the mission statement of Monville Health Resources, the parent company of Bonangela Valley Hospital, and you mentioned that mission statement. I think that's a heck of a big idea.
5: Talk about how that mission statement was developed and how you used it. Well, we developed it by a strategic long-range planning process that took two years. Uh, it did take us two years to come up with a mission statement, but everything that was going into our strategic learning And then when we were finished with what we wanted to do with our strategic long-range planning, we decided, well, let's build a mission statement to, to help guide us through it. As a matter of fact, that mission statement, I don't know if it still happens today, but when that, when I was there, that mission statement was on every page of the board agenda. So if the board chairman can control the conversation and say, does this relate to our mission statement? If it has nothing to do with the enhancement of the healthcare of the, mid, of the residents of Midmont Valley, we're not gonna waste any time talking about it. But the mission statement is ingrained. Just yesterday, I had to take my wife to Monongahela Valley Hospital for some x-ray work And those signs are still there. In every department, on every elevator station, on every employee badge is the mission statement. You turn over the employee badge, it says the mission of Monvale Health Resources, Inc. is to enhance the health of the residents of the Mid-Mon Valley. Push a button for an elevator while you're waiting. There's a sign there. You go into the x-ray department, there's a sign there. Living the mission statement.
0: Tony's big idea was big. And so was Dr. Lloyd Quarters. He's the president and CEO of Corecom, here in downtown Pittsburgh, a market research firm. And he's gonna tell you a little bit about the impact he and his company have had on the downtown region of Pittsburgh.
6: For me, the big idea that we, it's not always spoken, but we seem to always work on with every client is this. They want to be more data driven they want to be more research-based they want to be more analytical a lot of times marketing is perceived negatively as the people who blow up the balloons and organize the cookies and all this nonsense and then you go up against finance and those guys have the CEO's ear and they've got all the numbers and the crunching and marketing just gets crushed they're always budgets getting cut and whatever and so a big big thing that uh, I've done whether it's uh, You know, on the front end or in the back end, we do a lot of marketing, ROI assessments, return on investment assessments, and trying to do all. It's really helped these organizations get much more disciplined in terms of their approach. And so that's as simple as, like I mentioned, the museums. I mean, things we do for them, for example, before uh, we came along, they weren't doing any visitor uh, stuff. So now they, we do it pretty cheaply, too. They organize volunteers to collect feedback, surveys from uh, visitors. Sometimes we have kiosks. And once a quarter, they get a report that says, "Hey, here's how we're doing. Here's how happy people are. Here's what our problems, our issues are." Now, as a group, they can sit down with some input and some insight, versus whoever's strongest in the room and asserting the most. And so, our my, our big idea is that it doesn't research doesn't have to be complicated. It can be accessible and. Um, I mean, we even go so far as uh, to help folks figure out how to set up a data file. So that's, that's, I think, our big idea is make things research-based.
0: Thanks for joining us for No Bullshit Marketing. Visit boldsolutionsnobs.com for show notes, plus additional marketing and messaging resources. Sign up for light reading. You'll receive valuable strategies every other week to improve your marketing and transform your message. It really is light intended to be read in two minutes or less, and it just might trigger bright ideas for you. To sign up, go to massolutions.biz. Remember, ask yourself, what's the big idea? And build your story around the answer. It's all about bold solutions, no BS.